to exhibit your work, connect with other jewelers and be part of the network can be very important to starting and practicing jewelers. Joining forces with others can often be a fantastic opportunity to achieve larger impact and gain experience. Being part of a collective is therefore an option you could consider when you start out or when you've been going for a while and would like to expand your horizons through perhaps connecting with others. A collective that does just this and has achieved to connect around 300 members is the Precious Collective. To talk about their journey to date, what it is like to run the collective and what is in store for the future, I have invited Lynn, Lucy, Juan and Spam Glam, aka Hannah. Welcome all. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so to start, my first question would be directed to all of you, Lynn, Lucy, Juan and Spam. Could you each tell me a little bit about yourselves and the Precious Collective and what you do for the collective. Okay, so I've been, I suppose, referred to as Mama Precious because Precious is my baby. So I'm a maker. I was originally a painter. I painted a painting degree. I then did teaching and then decided to continue by going to Falmouth University and doing an MA because I wanted to concentrate on my work. So I did that in 2005, graduated 2007. I then did loads of different things until I suddenly discovered this thing called art jewellery. But there wasn't really, I couldn't find an art jewellery presence in Cornwall. I could find lots of sort of very um, traditional jewellery, but not really art jewellery. So I thought, oh, I'll just start this little collective, this Cornish collective. And then as I normally do, I just get carried away. So I then badgered everybody that I liked on Instagram. Would you like to join this thing called Precious Collective? And it all just went a bit bonkers, really. So, yeah, I badgered Juan saying I love your work and then realised it was gallery's work. So that's how Juan and I discovered each other. And then I cheekily say, can we have an exhibition? And it went from there on, really. 2019, we had our first launch exhibition, which Lucy was part of the organising committee. We've had loads of exhibitions and we've always had different teams helping with each exhibition. So lots and lots of people have helped along the way. And then in 2021, we did the online jury week. Juan and Spam were part of that. And I realised that A, Precious was getting too big for just one person to be running. So it'd be much better with a team. And secondly, I realised how amazing Juan and Spam are to work with. So I managed to persuade them to be part of the core team. And then earlier this year, Lucy said the words, I think we should do something for Ukraine, which is how we managed to snaffle her into being part of the core committee. So she's now joined us as well. She gave in and said, OK. So there's now four of us running Precious. Juan, do you want to share a little bit about your background and why you joined Precious Collective? Well, uh, I'm maker too, so I started quite lately, my age, I started at about, I was 41 when I got my diploma in Barcelona, and I came back to France where I'm living. A while I started to creating some jewelry, not our jewelry at the beginning, because uh, as I always say, when you have to pay bills, but your creativity uh, cannot be so high, because uh, the contemporary our jewelry is a micro niche, so it's a very few people that can buy or can or dare to buy or wear it. So well, I created Aliage in 2009, 
in Lille to show some jewelry in, in Lille. That's uh, a place that the interest of uh, jewelry is almost zero, uh, like uh, more or less in France in general, not a lot of interest in this art. And well, Alias was growing, 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 growing too. Well, why I joined uh, Precious is because uh, I think that if we get together to do uh, one thing or to for a goal, it's even easier that if you are alone. So the project was interesting. It was at the opposite of what the philosophy was in Alliage. It means that it's more collective. Alliage is more gallery because we have a physical place. And I like to have a view of everything. As Mama, as Mama Precious said, it's quite dynamic. We started uh, an exhibition in 2018, I think, and we started. The contact was very, very, very good. We renewed the year after. So we have done three exhibitions at the gallery with the Precious. Each time was different. So well, the, the collective is it's running well. I think it have uh, very good ideas, very good projects, very good people. And uh, well, that's, that, that's, that's, that's going further and then I'm happy with it. So. And I'm happy to to participate to this core team while I'm participating much less than the ladies because I'm not very social networks. I hate the social networks, I don't know what. And uh, no, no, I hate it. It's definitively, it's not my cup of tea, but and that's the reason why I let this huge work to the ladies because I'm very bad in that. And I'm taking more a kind of technical part with the website, creating the website, maintaining the website, and that's enough for me. And Spam Glam aka Hannah, do you want to share a little bit about why you joined Precious Collective and, and what your background is as well? My birth name is not obviously Spam Glam, I'm Hannah. Spam Glam is an alter ego that was created while I was doing my master's degree. Uh, and it's probably always lie dormant inside me, I think. But I grew up in France and moved back to the UK when I was 18 to study performance and theatre uh, and moved swiftly into more kind of costume design. Uh, and then, as many of us do, got lost in my 20s <laughs> in the world, but carried on a kind of a creative passion for... Uh, designing and making for the body, mostly in costume, but also with a childhood love of making wearables. So I've always been making and very busy. And then during the economic crash, I was working in travel and was given an opportunity to take some paid time off and went back into the arts and discovered contemporary jewellery at UCA in Rochester where the contemporary jewellery course had just started really it was in its second year and fell into the course and discovered contemporary art jewellery art jewellery and the whole scene in Munich with Schmuck and was introduced to the incredible couple who run Chrome Yellow Books uh, Sonia and Michael Collins who introduced me to a load of people, gave me the opportunity to be paid in books for, for work I was doing for them and really gave me this opportunity to, to fall in love with contemporary art jewellery and understand it from backstage, if that makes sense. And then from there, I finished the course, didn't do particularly well, but I see that as a strength instead of a weakness. <laughs> and then spent a few years trying to make it as an artist 
and failing miserably, but very much enjoying making and connecting with other people. I have a passion for, for jewellery, but I also have a passion for people and what people are, are capable of and can do. And I connected with a few other makers along the way who suggested that maybe it would be worth doing a master's to, to understand myself and my practice a bit better. So I went up to Birmingham and did an MA in, I did the MA under Javan Asfit and Sean Hindle, who took over the course afterwards and really, really enjoyed being very selfish about my work and punctuated each year of the course by having a child. <laughs> and then uh, in, in that process, joined a collective of artists because I felt that it was a really interesting way of staying true to yourself as an artist and having that selfish platform which most artists do have but also um, maintaining that 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 thing that you get through study which is working with other people and listening to other people the constructive criticism the you know the different views which was incredibly useful and then along the way, Lynn, <laughs> I've been keeping an eye on the Precious Collective and thinking, this is really interesting. I wonder how you get involved. And as a very proud person, I thought, I'll just leave it and wait and see what happens. And one day Lynn messaged me and said, would you like to be part of the collective? And I said, oh, go on then. Yes, please. Uh, and throughout lockdown, really, because of being shut in and locked away from normal kind of sources of, of creativity, although I do have a workshop in the garden, I just found myself connecting more and more to the Precious Collective and realising what an incredible network was there, how many artists were involved around the world, how diverse the artists were within the field uh, of precious jewellery. Because I think really that's what it is. It's precious jewellery, but different terminology of precious. And, and then when the opportunity arose to become more involved during the online jewellery week, I thought, well, I've got nothing else going on and everybody seems lovely or get involved and then and then just couldn't let go <laughs> unfortunately Lynn let me stick around <laughs> doesn't mind my bossy nature and my <laughs> OCD for organizing and actually we found that we worked really well together because Lynn has has her strengths in some areas and things that she really enjoys and the things that she doesn't enjoy doing I really enjoy doing and so we're able to kind of bounce off each other a lot. And Juan and I had worked together in the past. We met at Hoya a few years ago uh, and just kept bumping into each other at various events and shows. And, and, and we seem to kind of keep, keep working together coincidentally. And, and then, then it's just been wonderful working together. And then, like Lynn said, you know, working with Lucy more recently as well. It, it's just it feels like a family. It's, um, it's, it's the precious family. Lucy, can we invite you to say a bit about your background? Yeah, so I, um, Lynn talked to me about Precious Collective right at the beginning and I was one of the first um, exhibitors at the first show that we did in Plymouth, which was, it was amazing. It was really eye-opening for me. Um, I guess I am a more of a traditional jeweller. I work in precious metals and, and stones. So <clears throat> Precious was something for me, which gave me kind of um, a different creative outlet to explore my practice more, which was lovely. Um, I have a background in fine art photography rather than jewellery. So I come from quite a different place. I'm not a, I'm not a trained jeweller in, in the traditional sense. Um, so yeah, the Precious Collective 
I think is has been a real force for good for me since it started because it challenges me and it inspires me um, through looking at the amazing work that the members are producing that's totally different and really beautiful and makes use of recycled materials and precious materials and challenges concepts as well which I think is really important in the jewellery world because particularly in Britain we're quite good at being very traditional with our tastes in jewellery so yeah I think it's a, it's a great thing that that Lynn started and then the crane fundraising it just seemed like we have this huge collection of members from all over the world who we could try and get together somehow to do something really positive at a time earlier in the year when it just felt like everything was so dark. Um, so I just put this little tiny sentence out on the, on the WhatsApp group saying, what can we do? And um, bless them, Juan and Lynn and Hannah really got on board with it and have worked so incredibly hard and invited me to join them as a fundraising member. So yeah, I think it's just, it's been phenomenal, the support that we've got and the people that have wanted to get on board and help and support and promote what we're doing. Um, we're still doing it. Uh, it's still there. It's gone a little bit quieter, obviously, because there was just a really big push at the beginning. But yeah, we've we've all bought and sold work. <laughs> I think we've, we've been supporting each other as well, which has been really nice just to support particularly the the Ukrainian jewelers that we've that we've met and got to know through this as well gives you real first-hand insight into how their lives are changing and yeah it, it brings it home and makes it more real in a in a way I think how do you want people to engage how can we help promote it it was bonkers busy to begin with and then things went really quiet I think we got in just before lots of things happened so we were quite probably quite early on in the fundraising so because even though we started reposting things that we've still got for sale it really wasn't getting very fast so we sort of came up with the idea that actually maybe the people that follow these different makers they might be more the people that would want to buy their heroes their the people's fans might want to buy their work more. So we sent out a message to all the people who still have work for sale. We said, thank you so, so much. It's been amazing. But could you now um, take over the selling? Are Ukrainian fundraising just giving pages still active? So if you sell something, Pete, you can either choose for that money to go in there or you can just decide whatever charity it is that you wish to donate to. So we've we've handed over the reins to our makers really so they are now promoting us and also if they want us to then share these for sale posts then we're really happy to still share it for them but we're not doing that sort of the core work anymore and it is working because there are makers that have got in touch with us and said yes actually we I've just sold and we've put the money into the Ukraine but Lucy suggesting I think we're all really in in agreement that whenever we do an exhibition or event there is going to be a fundraising element to it because I think it's so important so I suppose watch this space really whenever we do an event there will be a fundraiser alongside it. The collective has evolved organically since sort of November 2017 now around 300 members around the globe what does membership 
mean to those who join? How do you become a member? If any listeners want to get involved in the Ukraine fundraising or in other parts of, of Precious, how do they get involved? So to be involved with Precious, it's all totally free. So we don't take any money at all from membership, which has been an ongoing battle, really. It's sort of so many people have said, oh, we should charge for it. But then I think you don't get anything for free or you get very little for free in this world. So it's really nice for people that haven't got much money. They can be part of this Precious thing. And it's somehow, I don't know, for me, it just brings the love of precious and the love of sort of making so it's not a monetary thing so people don't pay a membership so how you become a member if you see precious and you think you'd like to be involved then you just send an email to our email address you can find that through our website or I'm really good at finding people that are amazing but I just get in touch with them and say we really love your work I think it's totally amazing uh, would you like to be part of precious if you'd like to know more then just send us a quick email and i'll send you details and also i'm really up for people suggest so members can suggest other people that they'd like to be members so just a real networking really so that answers membership it's incredibly organic it's the one thing that you've always said to me right from the get-go that i understood is you operate in a very organic way don't you lynn yeah, I mean, that's probably detrimental in sometimes, but I just, I, it's the way I make as well. Everything is very organic. I, I have no idea what I'll be doing in six months time. I know I'll be in my studio, but yeah, so it is really organic and that's how it's grown. So yeah, I mean, we've got something like, I think nearly 18,000 followers now, which is just phenomenal. It's just a bit bonkers. So yeah, it's just wonderful. And I think Going back to the Ukraine thing, it was really nice because we had a lot of people that weren't our membership actually donating work as well. So it wouldn't tick our precious collective boxes and they wouldn't be a member, but it was really nice for more traditional makers or any makers to be part of this Ukraine thing. And they had their work out there as well. So it's nice to see their work. And it was nice also to connect with Russian makers. We've got quite a few Russian members as well who sort of sent messages saying, I'm really worried. I'm really, this is not us. This is really not us. And I just got back and said, we understand that. We know, we understand and we just feel for you. And don't worry, the world knows that it's not you Russian people that are having this horrendous thing thrust upon you. So it was just amazing and phenomenal in so many ways. So. What do you think members are looking for when they join the collective and what is it that the collective provide members as well? For me, it's the community and it's the willingness of people to share resources and tips and help and support. So if you've got a question about something, you ask the collective group and somebody will have an answer, whether it's a technical question about how to do something or where to source something or maybe we've had chats about um, galleries that might be good for taking work or opportunities that people are presented so there'll often be exhibition opportunities posted up to the group so <clears throat> things that we can apply for to join into so up and coming shows which is brilliant um, so it it's a little bit like bench peg um, in that you have this lovely wealth of information that's available in this particular field of jewellery, which is, yeah, it's phenomenal. It's, it's kind of like a step up from being at uni. If For those that did study 
any kind of creative subject at uni is like being in a crit room after you finished a project or halfway through a project but you've got over 300 people that you can link in with <laughs> in any kind of way and uh, and if people don't want to get involved they don't have to get involved they can just sit and watch and but there are there is an incredible amount of people who do want to get involved and support people and it's yeah it's it's so important in such as as one said in such a niche and small community it's it's easy to get lost but with with that network within precious around it's easy to feel connected and yeah not so not so lonely and isolated as the name entails the precious collective brings together people with sort of ambiguous relationships to notions of what precious is um, could you, any one of you expand on sort of why the medium of jewellery lends itself really well to sort of this question of preciousness and why it's important to have this debate? A preciousness is a, is a double sense word because it's not really easy to, to say what it is sometimes. For some people, the preciousness will be golden diamonds. And if you don't offer golden diamonds, you're, you give shit speaking clearly so that's the reason why in france it's with place vendome it's the the, the art jewelry contemporary it's not growing a lot it was a very good market in the 70s and 60s but it dead and now it's going up again a little bit but it's very shy uh, what's precious precious can be anything you can have in your hand in fact what's precious uh, if you recycle plastic or you recycle material that you can find that you have somewhere in your house or that's precious. That's the reason why it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good name for the collective, because each one of us will find its own preciousness, I think. Yeah, so it was, a, it was a working title. I remember back to the very beginning being at a conference with Lucy and we were standing around chatting, drinking coffee, and I think we were probably eating cake or something. And I said, oh, we'll start this collective. I'll call it Precious Collective. And it was just a bit of a joke. And then the sort of the name just stuck, really. And it just ticks so many boxes. Just precious, it's like precious can be anything. I, I'm into wood and rusty metal and stuff people just throw away. And to me, if I find a beautiful piece of wood or a bit of rusty metal, I, that's just more precious than any diamond because it's got history, it's got a story, it's been somewhere, you can make up stories about it, its journey. It just, it does. And it's, it's big enough and broad enough a title for people to just sort of think oh yeah this is precious or that's precious or that's not precious why are they doing that with that and our launch exhibition in 2019 was in a cafe so it was a gallery space but it was in a cafe so we got loads loads of people just looking at these crazy things on the wall that most people wouldn't think of was jewelry and they were called precious and it just works it's just it's big enough and wide enough to do anything you want with it really and and really does sort of challenge when people say oh precious why is that like Juan said why is that little bit of plastic precious it just is this precious is a bit like the term beauty isn't it it's in the eye of the beholder and like you're saying Lynn what you find precious might be to some people not considered as precious and for me time is precious and colour is precious but other things that other people would would identify as precious I might not necessarily connect to and, and everybody is going to be different and it's 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 wonderful to open the floor up to that debate and that conversation really isn't it and uh, and also one thing 
that I get quite frustrated by within the jewellery field, I suppose, or noticed when I first discovered jewellery, is how different groups of jewellers or artists like to separate themselves. And so you'll have, I shared a workshop with a diamond setter, uh, and he used to get really frustrated at the fact that I was using plastic and draping it over bits of silver and then bits of textile. And he's like, this isn't jewellery. This isn't precious. And I said, well, to me, it is. And then I'd look, I didn't like diamonds. And then saw him setting diamonds and realised these are incredible stones. They have, you know, so many layers to them that I hadn't realised before because of the kind of the forced value of diamonds on them. And actually, the really wonderful thing, I think, that Lynn has created with Precious and that I think we're all proud to be involved in is that it's superimposing different layers of preciousness. So the the more traditional jewellery uh, that could be considered precious by some and then the more kind of abstract, bizarre, sculptural, wearable pieces that are considered precious to others. And, and one can't exist without, in, in my view, one can't exist without the other. You know, we've always worn jewellery, we've always created jewellery, like what you stated in one of your previous podcasts, and it's said so many times, jewellery is one of the oldest forms of self-expression, uh, if not the oldest form of self-expression. And, and why should it be confined to metals that have a market value and stones that you know have been around for millions of years why, why can't it be uh, a rusty nail that has had the forces of nature thrust upon it to make it something unique won't look like another nail we love precious <laughs> we love the word <laughs> the medium itself in jewelry can be a vessel for activism messages is engaging in debate through the creation of objects important for the collective and its members and through the exhibitions that you organize? Is that debate element and perhaps sharing the message of contemporary jewellery more broadly, is that a very important aspect? I suppose that depends on the person within the collective. For, for me personally, yes, it is. I've, I'm interested in communicating an audience and how we get out this incredible world that we're all so passionate about. And as, as you can hear, like all four of us have fallen into it from other areas. But, um, you know, it, it's getting that out to new audiences to give it a chance to, to be seen, to be appreciated, to be disliked, to be, you know, to be anything, just to kind of exist in a different space and to get some fresh air into it. That's my passion for, for contemporary jewellery. I love making, I love creating. I work mostly in textiles, but I love what other people do and sharing that with other people. Um, predominantly will wear other people's work over my own to do that, to start those conversations with everyday folk on the school run or, or whatever because I, f I find that the most exciting part of what we do is that other people don't know about it and how how do you help other people discover something that they don't know about I think what is lovely about the collective is some members are very very active in activism and getting a message across other members aren't and so they'll just create things that they love and it doesn't have a deep meaning, but that's okay as long as they are sort of sticking with those core sort of thoughts of ours and ticking our precious collective sort of loose ideas about what the collective is, that's fine. And what is beautiful about this collective is that it 
it's gonna sound really hippie, but there's just so much love and care and wonderfulness of the members. And I, and that sort of, I think that goes back to it being free. One of the reasons why it's free is that you just get this beautiful thing. And we have a WhatsApp group that we, Lucy said about asking questions. So there's probably two thirds of our members are active on that. And, you know, that's, it's okay for, we've got people that are just starting out in jewellery, people that are really well known in jewellery. So there's, there's no hierarchy to Precious. That's the other thing. It's really important all four of us just work very well together we've got like loose areas that we're into but we we cross over each other and we support each other and that's like our community so anybody listening don't feel that you have to have this big message or this political thing behind your work or if you just make things that are bloody lovely then and hit our precious collective sort of ideas then get involved the pandemic you know has limited our ability in the last year to really travel and attend exhibitions and fairs. And in response, the collective has participated and arranged online jewellery showcases. So could you reflect on sort of the opportunity that these online exhibitions or these online connections offer us? On the one hand, the pandemic has been awful because we love getting together. We love doing exhibitions. We love meeting up with each other, networking. All of that has sort of fallen by the wayside. It's starting again, as Juan sort of was saying earlier. So that's all coming back, which is great. Uh, I think a lot of people are quite scared to go into sort of public places. So I know that I sort of um, didn't go to London for an opportunity because I knew I was just too worried about the pandemic. But I think in terms of the benefits, I think it's been huge, to be honest. We, we sort of vaguely knew about Zoom about three years ago, but we didn't really do much with it. And I mean, our online jewellery week, we, with, with it being online, you can just reach so many more people. And I think exhibitions now that people are organising, they realise how important this sort of digital element is. So that's making people much more sort of keyed into sharing what they're creating online, which is fab. So I've been able to go to loads of things that I wouldn't have normally gone to. Through our online jury week, we did, Spam and I did loads and loads of these Instagram live things. We're only meant to be doing one day and we just loved it so much the first day. We just carried on. As a result of that, we've sort of, for Precious, we now do What's on My Bench, which Spam sort of chairs amazingly once a month. People from all over the world can key into that. So I think the digital thing is really pushed stuff and I'm going to loads more things than I do normally so and lots more people are able to sort of see this stuff so I think it's forced people to to maybe accept uh, using certain aspects to technology that they may not have used before uh, I certainly wouldn't have done video chats and video calls um, and I know a lot of people wouldn't have done either and it, it's enabled us to to connect with with people in a way that we wouldn't have done before. Although it's, it's hard, especially with a medium like jewellery that relies heavily on a body to be worn and to be seen on and to really be expressed on. Because you can see an image of jewellery, but it's an image of jewellery. It's a different, it, it's not jewellery, it's an image. And, it, and it's really hard to, to translate that into a physical when that doesn't exist. Um, so I think people have had to work a lot harder to to communicate a medium that has existed for so long. That said, it's it's very interesting to see what other people have done 
their approach to it and how many people are keen to embrace it. Juan, as a, as a gallery owner, you, of course, display jewellery often with the intention for people to have a physical experience of the piece of jewellery, but they can see it in front of their eyes, know the dimensions in relation to their own presence in the space and often in communication to the other pieces that have been selected. So there are limitations to these digital communication tools as well. I'm maybe from the old school, but I always say that digital is good, but it has a lot of limitations. For me, the limitation that's really, I don't like it's because it's, it's something very quick. You know, you, you, you are so flooded with the images all time with Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, etc. that you see one picture, it's forgotten in five minutes. So I, I like the physical things. So I like, I like, I like a book, a catalog. Uh, when you go to the gallery, you can see the display, the display is not just putting things one beside the other in, in a random way. If you try to do a, a, a good creation, it's you try to to give a story of, of, of what you are showing. You don't put one thing beside the other just because you, you, you put one jewel beside the other because you try to find the link between these two these two jewels, it's the reason why sometimes when I show you, I have an artist that has pieces in the different places. It's because not all together work well, because some communicate with one artist, some other communicate with another artist. So yes, and when you go and you visit, if you are lucky, you can maybe take the jewel in your hands and see the back and, and try to figure out how it fits in your body, etc. I think that, yeah, digital and what's online events are very good. That's been just a necessity in a dark period because when everything was in, everything was shut down, we felt that what's going to happen now, how many time is going to last? Probably a lot. So we organized, uh, everything was organized quickly in order to continue the activity online. But online showed quickly the limitations and that's the reason why at the beginning it was a lot of things online, a lot. And in a few months, let's say six months, that started to slow down a lot and you didn't have a lot. And hopefully Precious was there and, and Lynn was there to push the things uh, all the time. And that's the reason why she uh, she decided, she proposed the idea to do an online jewelry week to continue that way. Uh, it was a very nice experience, very tiring, a lot of work, remember? Yeah, uh, it was decided to do it in biennial and not every year. It was why it was exhausting. So yes, I think that the physical part is very, very important, even in old days, because you have the physical contact with, with the pieces. And even, uh, I'm a very fan of catalogs. A catalog, you have it on your shelf and, and oh, let's see what's, uh, and you remember that I saw things, yeah, and you go, you find your catalog, you review it. Try to do the same thing in the digital world, it's much more complicated because the images pass by so quickly that you don't have time. If you're, if you're not quick and you don't create your own library on your phone, on your tablet, on your PC, it's almost impossible to refine something that passed three days ago.
It is is a great way of in, of including people, though, isn't it, Juan? Of like like the digital technologies working alongside with the physical. I yeah. totally agree with you. It's a good way to because you have no limitations of size. When you are in a gallery or you are in a catalog, you say that a catalog I can put fifty or sixty or seven people in a in, in exhibition. The same thing. You have a limitation of space, so you have to do a very a very tight selection. And sometimes this tight selection gives the preciousness of the thing. Online, you can, you have no limits. So yeah, you're you're right. You have no limits, and more people can have this, the the work seen by the other people for sure. Of course. But also have access to it. I remember hearing a a podcast where it was comedians talking about how they hadn't realised that there was a huge audience that weren't able to access live events and shows prior to lockdowns because of disabilities because of whatever it is and that them turning to a more digital platform enabled those audience members to feel involved and to partake and I feel it could be the same I don't know I haven't done the research or had the conversations with people about this as much but I feel like it could be the same with this medium as well that now we are getting back to having physical exhibitions and events and shows which is Oh, thank God they're coming back because <laughs> I, for one, miss those 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 connections, those events, handling jewelry, seeing things, wearing things. But equally, for people who aren't able to travel, for people who can't afford to travel, who pe- for people who uh, are still discovering, because we've had to step up our game digitally instead of relying on it because we're not in lockdown, we can use it as a, a more valuable tool for presenting and sharing work and ideas so hopefully we don't let go of it but hopefully there's not too much of a dependency on it I think this is probably a good point to drop in the um, YouTube channel that Precious Collective has it's got some great interviews with makers um, which we did as part of the part of the online jewellery week so that gives people a chance to hear other makers talking about their work that they might not have had the opportunity to before again this is where the digital is really enabling something you see a maker in front of their work you might not want to go and speak to them or feel comfortable enough to go and speak to them and here you can just listen to them discussing their work which a unique opportunity my last question what's in store for the collective next is there anything in the very near future that we should all be waiting for that's coming out very soon are there longer term plans for the collective what do we need to know about well, it's our fifth birthday in yeah in the autumn, so we could have a fifth birthday exhibition. It would be amazing. A new exhibition at Liège. Yeah, we had discussed having having a few few weeks back before things kicked off with the Ukraine fundraiser. We discussed having another physical show at the end of the year, um, and trying to find somewhere that a we would enjoy all meeting up in because we haven't actually physically all met up at all. <laughs> Since we became a core committee, Lynn and I have met up once in London and we did try to meet up again, but then travel restrictions didn't permit. So hopefully there'll be a a precious physical exhibition at the end of the year. But if not, you know, we, we will turn to another digital event. But it's all very organic, really. I mean, still going on with that. It's like Lynn's probably said the wonderful thing with Precious is that it's it is open to all. So if someone has an idea of an exhibition or a show or something that they'd like to share, 
they will say something in the WhatsApp group or send Lynn a message through Instagram or send us an email. And then that gets us talking and we have our own WhatsApp group and we discuss ideas that we have as well as ideas that other people have put forward or topics or things that are happening. And because we all work so well together, and, and I think that is essential. I think if you're working as a team in, in any kind of way, it's important that you understand each other, each, understand each other's strengths, understand each other's limitations and be kind to each other. And I think we all have that with each other which means that if we have any ideas if we have any suggestions we go should we do this let's do that okay how do we do it and we all have different strengths and different different knowledge and experience I think as to you know one running a gallery understands curating putting something together and has you know a plethora of, of connections and contacts and ideas of how something can be shown or put out there you know Lynn and I have no concept of hierarchy <laughs> so we kind of just go let's just do something and then Lucy has this fantastic generous nature of kind of let's let's just let's do something let's get make sure that we we can get uh, as many people involved in in supporting this cause because although we've done this um pressure solidarity supporting people in Ukraine before that during the online jewelry week it was um supporting makers against extinction which Lucy set up it's supporting a charity called explorers against extinction who raise money for 21 global conservation charities who have really struggled since COVID hit with not having the tourists who they get on site to raise money for, for the species and the environments that they look after. So yeah, um, that was a, another great fundraising effort by the Precious Collective members. But it's everyone coming together and it is all about, you know, somebody else comes up with an idea, we discuss it all of us, and I say, you know, it's not just us as a core committee, it's everybody within the collective that wants to. Yeah, and also it's, we're very open to other people sort of joining us along the way. So not as the core committee, but if if we're gonna do an exhibition, we'll sort of, there's, there might be other people that join us in the, in the group of doing whatever. So it's always been, Precious has always been, do as much as you can and don't feel guilty about stuff you can't do really. That's our sort of philosophy. I, I was just I was just going to say one thing and this I think is something that Lynn has said to me in the past and it keeps me motivated to be involved is the strength of Precious is its members it's not a hierarchy it's not any kind of idea that we're trying to push even though as, in, as individuals we have different objectives and things that we want to achieve but as a core the, the collective is strong because of its members and exists because of its members and is is what it is because of its members one of the strengths is when we're doing the online jury week it's we very much push the fact it's something run by makers for makers so i think the fact that we are all makers makes it quite a sort of a, i don't know if it's unique but a really important part of precious is that we're all makers so we understand our makers we understand what they go through how hard it is how isolating it can be in our studios it was just beautiful really Joining a collective may be something you hadn't thought about, or you might already be actively involved in one. What is clear is that it enables you to connect with others, which given our recent circumstances and experience can provide strength and support. Their enthusiasm for the ideas behind Precious Collective, the events, 
it organizes and its future as well as the many members it's formulated of is inspirational. So I want to thank you Lynn, Juan, Lucy and Spam for joining us today to share your story. We look forward to seeing what you continue doing with the collective collectively. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Next month, I'll be joined by another guest, so watch this space to find out who it is. But for now, this was Sophie Boons for the BAJ podcast episode titled Precious Collective with Lynn, Lucy, Juan and Spam Glam. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. <laughs>